The following program is presented by the Far East Broadcasting Company because stories of people living out the gospel with their lives inspire all of us. FEBC, taking Christ to the world through radio and new media. Learn more at febc.org. There's no greater dream than God Himself. There's nothing in this world that I could hold in my hands that could possibly compare to who He is to me today. Nothing. And, and that's, that is the greatest gift ever. That's the voice of Becky Nordquist, our guest now on First Person. Welcome to this week's edition. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Becky is the author of a devotional journal aimed at those who have suffered pregnancy or infant loss, and we'll get to know her in a few moments. Thanks for your response to our interviews. The easiest way to reach us is through our Facebook page, which is found at facebook.com slash firstpersoninterview. These weekly conversations are made possible in partnership with the Far East Broadcasting Company. FEBC celebrates stories of God at work in people's lives and has many other stories of their own as listeners respond to FEBC programs broadcast around the world. Please take a little time to learn these stories at febc.org. And again, thanks for your prayers for the ongoing ministry of FEBC until all have heard. Becky Nordquist knows well the pain of the loss of a child, but as you'll learn, she has leaned into God for strength and wants to help others find that same source of comfort. We talked on the phone recently, and to begin, I asked her to give a little introduction of herself. Well, I am a West Michigan girl, um, a mom and a wife, and uh, I am a Jesus lover, Jesus follower, and I love the Word of God. I spend most of my time, we live on a little hobby farm, and we have horses and chickens and a dog named Scooter, and we have an earless goat, so a lot of time goes into taking care of those animals. And um, we have two little kids at home right now, Grace and Sam, and uh, Grace is seven, and Sam is about to turn five. Hmm. So, but I speak and lead worship and write and uh, blog and, um, yeah, so do some teaching here and there, and yeah, just do life. (laughs) Well, I'm so glad that you would take the time to talk to us today, because as we record this conversation, this is this is kind of an important day in your life, isn't it? Mm, it is. It is. It, today is Nicholas's birthday. He was our stillborn baby boy, and he is turning six in heaven today. Hmm. He's six years old today. Hmm. I'm actually on my way to the cemetery to celebrate a little bit with him, well, at his graveside anyway. Wow, <laughs> wow. And this yeah. is something you, you share with others. Um, I mean, you've experienced a lot of pain through all this, and this is something that you talk about. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, one in four will experience a pregnancy or infant loss, and that's a pretty huge statistic. Uh, if we we're looking worldwide, and that's what's reported. So uh, there's, a, there's a whole tribe out there that are walking in what we call a silent grief. While it's really hard, uh, it's it's been a precious calling on my life, and it's been just a real honor to represent the pain that really goes unrepresented a lot, and to talk about it and start a conversation and help those who have not walked the road to better understand how to walk with people mm-hmm. and how to love on them and, and how God can be glorified through even the darkest moments of our lives. Mm. 
Just to fill out the picture, I know you have other children. Were they born before or after, Nicholas? We had a bunch that were born before, and then um, <laughs> we could be older children, too. But um, Grace and Sam are both rainbow babies. We had losses before and in between, and, uh, and uh, Sam was the last baby. So, mm. What has the Lord taught you, and what are you sharing about this whole experience that you've been through, and, and why why share such a personal thing with others? Well, he has taught me certainly quite a lot, um, and I love that that journey is continually going. You know, we we never stop. Um, it's such an adventure with the Lord, because truly anything that happens to us in our lives can be used uh, by Him for good. And, um, you know, living in a broken and fallen world, we're faced with a lot of heartache, um, and I can certainly say that in my life. That has been true, and yet God has been faithful and true, just like He has all throughout Scripture. You know, in my darkest moments, it was the opportunity for me to see Him as the God of Becky, not just the God of Abraham or Isaac or, you know, the the greats, I guess. But He became extremely personal to me and real and tangible in ways that He couldn't have. I don't think in any other way other than deep suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the most important thing that I love sharing with people is just coming alongside and saying, you're not alone. And your baby's life matters, whether it was just a few weeks you were pregnant or a month or if your baby lived, you know, days or hours after it was born. If it was born still, like Nicholas, you know, um, we had five pregnancy losses as well. So we had five pregnancy losses and one stillbirth, and, you know, all of those babies mattered. And though they may not have been tangible to the outside world and not as real to them, they matter to God, and they matter, you know, to us, and you're not alone. So those are really important messages, and that God can take any heartache and use it. You referred to this earlier as kind of a hidden pain that people suffer but as you share your story, do you find that uh, women and, and men, too, do they open up to you about this? Yes. Um, it's kind of funny because, you know, my hubby is very much a behind-the-scenes guy. Dave is um, one of those guys he'd rather sit behind the soundboard or the lights. And he's been at my book table at a, at events. And what is really um, a beautiful thing that we've come to discover is that the men— are walking up to the book table, and they're sharing their hearts with Dave. Hmm. And so God has built in this ministry within a ministry, you know, for the guys that are mourning and walking this road alongside their wives, because they have a very special set of circumstances that they're walking through, and it's very different, and there's a lot of difficulty. So um, we are noticing a lot of people are coming out of the woodwork and saying, you know, I had a loss. One of the stories in the book, in fact, is a woman who, I mean, she's, I think she's near her 80s. She's got to be close to her 80s. But for 50 years, she held her story in. And she found out about the project before we said hello, and she wrote me a message and said, I'm not even sure why I'm telling you this. I've never told anyone. And immediately I knew um why God was having her share it, because there are so many women that haven't talked about it. I mean, and her story was, it was terrible. I mean, they didn't know how to handle the situation, and 
she literally watched them throw her baby into a trash can mm. after she gave birth. Mm. And so, I mean, she held the sin for 50 years. And so there's so many women of that generation, especially, because they just didn't know what to do. And um, they've been holding in and walking around with this pain so quietly. But now there's healing taking place, you know. Um, what is not revealed, it's difficult to be healed, right? So um, we're seeing some beautiful healing take place and just comfort, finally, for people who have been holding it in. So. I want to take you back to the men for just a moment, but you're, you're finding that they're more comfortable talking to your husband about it than they are you. Um, yes and no. I think they are glad to see a guy standing there because I think they automatically believe he gets it, and he does in a way that I don't because he's walking the guy walk. But um, yeah. I've had men share, too. Um, it's been unbelievable. Some of the television programs, even, that I've been on where some of the the dads on who are hosting the program will reveal, you know, my wife and I, we lost a couple, and they're, it's a surprise to each other because they didn't know about the losses. And so then they start talking about their experience. And so, yeah, I think it, I think it's probably easier for a guy to talk to a guy just because mm-hmm. of that relatability, but they're opening up. And so it's, it's one of those things where I said, well, you know, if women don't really talk about it, guys really don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it is good to see men having courage and encouraging each other mm-hmm. on the road. So, Your son, Nicholas, who's six in heaven today, why is it important for you to do what you're doing today at the cemetery and to remember the way that you're rem- remembering and celebrating? Mm. His life was planned by God. And his days were known by God. And by celebrating him, and we celebrate our other pregnancy losses too, um, even though they were really early, we don't know um, all of the sexes, but... Um, you know, on October 15, which is also the day we released the, the uh, project before we said hello, um, we light candles for all of them, for all pregnancy losses and Nicholas. But I think it's important because I celebrate who he is. Um, you know, as a mother, you pray that your children will have impact on the world. You pray that they will glorify God. And um, if you look at the cover of the book, it's a photo of Nicholas's feet. Hmm. And so even though his feet have never touched the earth, his feet are all over the world hmm. through that book. And they're pointing to Jesus because God has taken a broken place and he has used it to draw us deeper into who he is. So celebrating Nicholas's life, just like we would anyone else's, you know, most of my parents are gone. I still think of them on their birthday and I still celebrate the work that God did through their lives and and how he used um, them in my life. And and so essentially, I think it's my way of celebrating uh, Nicholas and and how God has used him in my life and how he's using him now in the lives of others. So important to acknowledge his life, I think, and the lives of those that we've lost. We'll hear more of Becky Nordquist's story coming up in just a moment on this week's edition of First Person Stay With Us. One year ago, I heard that one of FABC's radio stations aired in our province, so I started to listen. 
just one of millions of grateful people who listens to the Far East Broadcasting Company in her own language. So many Kazakh people here like listening to your radio broadcast, and we feel like a family because of it. Thank you so much for broadcasting to our nation. FEBC is dedicated to taking Christ to the world through radio and new media. To learn more, please visit febc.org. That's febc.org. My guest is Becky Nordquist. Becky is a speaker, author, worship leader, songwriter, recording artist. We'll talk about some of those things in just a moment. But you've mentioned your book, Becky. It's it's called uh, Before We Said Hello. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. But it's also a song. Uh, before we talk about the song, let's talk about the book. Um, do you do you find that you are meeting a need that people aren't finding met in churches and in fellowship and in Christian circles? Do you, do you find that this is a topic not often discussed? Very much so. I think people don't know what to do with it, and the church is um, getting better at it. You know, we're getting better at relating, which is great. And, um, you know, so it, it definitely is uh, an, a very, um, I want to say, untouched market, but it's um, it's an area where there's just not a lot out there. Um, and people are seeking help for this pain that they carry. So yeah, I, we're seeing a lot of a lot of movement there, and a lot of conversations beginning and um, healing taking place, which is great. So this is the topic of your book. Before we said hello, how did you come up with that title? Well, it was a providential meeting with Steve Seiler. We were at a he was doing a home concert, and a mutual friend of ours said, "You know, you just need to meet." And so we did the very awkward. She was like, "Oh, she sings. You have to hear her sing." And I wanted to crawl under a couch. <laughs> and she's looking at his feet because Steve has—he's written for some pretty big names, yeah. and he's got number ones in the Christian contemporary music, you know, arena. And this is really awkward. But later on, I, I really believe it was a prompting of the Holy Spirit. Steve, I was saying goodbye and just expressing my appreciation for what he does with music for the soul and. Uh, he said, have you ever recorded anything? And I had just recorded a song um, called With Me through a writer's group in Nashville. Um, I recorded a demo uh, that I had worked on with David Baroni, who's a really incredible songwriter as mm-hmm. well. And, um, you know, it was based out of two years of death that we went through. You know, we lost our stillborn, uh, we lost Nicholas, and then we had two more pregnancy losses uh, I lost my mom, lost my brother, my father-in-law died. We had aunts, uncles, friends die, and then I had my friend Lisa um, passed away suddenly from a heart attack in my home, oh. and I couldn't revive her. Oh, goodness. So, you know, um, Dave and I woke up one morning going, God, did we do something wrong? Are you angry with us? You know, what? You know, did we get off your path? If if you removed your hand of blessing, you know what's going on, Lord. You know, we just feel abandoned, and we can't get our heads above the waves of grief. I mean, it was it was literally almost a a, a death a month for twenty months. It was just un unreal. And you find yourself at rock bottom, and you know, you kind of shaking in your boots, going, "What what is the deal? Are we cursed?" <laughs> you know. And it was in that moment moment of us just literally crying together and crying out to God, that he began to remind us of his faithfulness. Mm. And that while the seas were really dark and difficult, his faithfulness remained with us, and he, his person, was with us, and he brought tangible things 
you know, that, you know, just sometimes, you know, it's easy to go into the, um, you know, eternal promises and things of heaven when you're going through stuff like that, but he brings out tangibility of his presence, you know, through his people, through the word of God, something across passages or, you know, um, I found my mom had left me a ruby bracelet and she must have left it in this candle holder the last time she was at my house. And I had no idea that she had left it in this candle holder and I found it. So it's like silly things like that. that I just felt like it was just love from the Lord. And so anyway, so I wrote the song with me, gave it to Steve and within a couple of hours, he's like, I am sitting in Chicago airport with tears streaming my face because I just wrote a song called before we said hello for pregnancy loss and you are the person that needs to sing it. We're going to put links to uh, Steve Seiler, who's been on this program, and Music for the Soul. We'll put a link at our website, firstpersoninterview.com, and we'll put a link to your book and to the song itself so people can hear the song that you're talking about before we said hello. But may I read some of the lyrics uh, of the song that you've recorded? And again, Mm -hmm. listeners can follow the link at firstpersoninterview.com to hear the actual song. But it says, We were so excited. What anticipation. We'd prepared a place for you inside our hearts. Oh, how you were wanted. We had plans and dreams. Then, in an instant, it all came apart. Like a flower that was crushed before it could bloom. Like a story just begun that ended much too soon. We grieve love interrupted that has no place to go. We said goodbye before we said hello. Mm. There's more to the song, and again, you can listen to the song yourself at Music for the Soul, which we'll link to our website. But, Becky, that's powerful. Um, uh, I mean, it brings tears to my eyes even just to read those few words without even hearing the song at this moment. It is a powerful, powerful song, and um, just so grateful. You know, we hear a lot between that one, and then there's a second song in the project called Heaven's Playground. Yeah, Steve sent me today the lyrics to that as well. I, I won't take time to read them now, but we'll link that song as well at the website, Heaven's Playground. So you wrote this along with Steve? Yes, I actually started um, writing that at our graveside service for Nicholas. I was like, Lord, where are you? I need to see you in this. And he gave me this vision of this little blonde boy running across the field of wildflowers towards outstretched arms, and they had nail scars in the hands, and beyond that was a playground with children running on it. And so Heaven's Playground, you know, just that thought of knowing that Jesus was there and that Nicholas would never know pain, he'd only know love, he'd he'd never know tears, he'd only know joy, he'd know the love of a perfect father. And, you know, so that, it was just comforting in that moment. So then Steve, I presented it to Steve, and then we pulled Tony Wood, who's another incredible songwriter, lyricist from Nashville, and um, we sat in Tony's living room and wrote the song and it's the great thing is hearing the response from these songs we're getting you know response from all sorts of loss i mean i've sung heaven's playground and people who've lost parents who are just really playful you know it's been a comfort to them and then you know we have the post-abortive moms that are grieving you know their choice but they're grieving also the baby and to be set free from shame because of the forgiveness of god and and give him permission to to mourn 
um, that baby as well. Um, you know, it's been an incredible thing. We have people that are mourning infertility that are really um, touched by the Before We Said Hello song because, you know, they never even got to hold the dream for a second. Mm. So it's just, it's so incredible how God has, I call him the multi-purpose God, <laughs> you know? <laughs> he never just holds one singular purpose for anything in our lives. So he's usually working on so many levels we're not even aware. But yeah, It has to be very rewarding, though, to know that the Lord put you together with Steve and others to collaborate mm-hmm. on something like this, and it's taking it further than, than any one of you could take it alone. Oh, goodness. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's kind of funny because I wrote the book, but my story in it, you know, a lot of my story is not in it. There's pieces of it because it's a devotional. So it's 30 days of devotions and scripture and journaling space. And it's really about the reader working through their own pain. And then in between those devotions are the stories of other people, because the story of loss is so unique to each person. So we have people that had early uh, miscarriages. We have people who had their baby lived for a while. Um, We have the stories of dads. There's a lot of really great stories in the book from people, and each one has, um, it holds an element of hope in what they had in that moment. Just briefly, I know there's lots of scripture that's encouraged your heart and fed you, but does something come to mind that really would be an encouragement to someone listening who's feeling the pain that you feel in your life over this issue? Is there a scripture that comes to mind? You know, I have a life verse that was handed on to me from my mom, and it's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. And, you know, I think uh, there's so much that we cannot wrap our finite minds around that's where that trusting God and trusting that He has the plan in His hands. We won't, you know, understand why my baby died and another baby lived. I won't get that answer. And even if I had it, I don't know if I would be satisfied <laughs> with it. But what I can be satisfied in is the goodness and faithfulness of God and knowing to my core that He is trustworthy and He is good. And, you know, so as we just relinquish our right to understanding why and we lay down our lives, we actually find our lives. And He directs the path in front of us. You know, I mean, it's just, it, there's, there's no greater dream than God Himself. There's nothing in this world that I could hold in my hands that could possibly compare to who He is to me today. Nothing. That is the greatest gift ever, to, to be free from being chained to tangible things here and broken things because it's all broke. (laughs) So trust Him. Trusting God, the bottom line. That's the lesson learned through much pain for Becky Nordquist. You've been listening to First Person and we'll put much more information about Becky, her book, and her song entitled Before We Said Hello at firstpersoninterview.com. The link will take you to Music for the Soul where you can listen to Becky's song. Again, go to firstpersoninterview.com. And please plan to join us next week when we'll feature another story of how God works in our lives for our good and His glory. 
First Person is produced in partnership with the Far East Broadcasting Company. For 75 years now, FEBC has been faithfully proclaiming the gospel in many countries of the world, and an overwhelming number of people respond each year. Learn more at febc.org. Now, with thanks to my friend and producer Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepherd. Thanks for listening to First Person. Thank you.